This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Justin Logan, he's a linebacker. At a Marietta, Georgia. He's a three-star. Nothing wrong with the three-star. 6'2", 210 linebacker. Had offers from all over the place. Could have went wherever he wanted to. Uh, so so good for him. That's a position to need. And I know we, we talk about freshmen coming in. I don't know how many freshmen, but that's a position that maybe in, in a year, maybe in two years, even, even next year, maybe he's a special teams guy or whatever. But I think that's a good get for the Razorbacks. Yeah, Sam Olajbutu was a three-star linebacker from uh... – from South Georgia, we'll take him. <laughs> we'll take him. That's yeah. that's right. Well, Clay, the the NFL Christian, the NFL is is in in Christian called the the Seattle game over Philadelphia the other day. Uh, the NFL is heating up. I mean, this is when the cream rises to the top. This is when you want to be playing your best football, uh, getting getting ready. I mean, you're you're getting your seating. Obviously, you want to play your best best football in the in the playoffs. But later in the year, now this is you know who you are. You know your identity. You you know what to expect uh, going out there. And I've I've kind of made it into a to a list. And and I want to get your guys' thoughts. What what y'all think? But I think there's only six teams right now. These would be my six teams. I think that could win win a Super Bowl. And it would be Miami, Baltimore. And I did, I did uh, fib to you, Clay. It is Kansas City. Uh, I, I know you got him in there during the break. I, I, I misread my own handwriting, but it's, uh, it's Miami, Baltimore, and Kansas City out of the AFC. And surprise, surprise, I got Dallas in the NFC. I got Dallas, Philly, and the 49ers. If I was to give you those six right there versus the field, uh, are there any guys that you would take out? Any, any people that any teams well, you would put in? Yeah, I, I did, I'm not going to put Kansas City in my top tier right now. And unless, Matt, you come out of retirement and you go play wide receiver for those boys. You, you know Baltimore, Clay, that, that Lamar Jackson show that, that he's going on and what he's doing out there, uh, and, and kind of Odell Beckham, kind of almost like a Plaxico Burris where it's like he's going to get two catches and they're both going to be on third and 12 for first downs. You know, like that's what Odell's doing. Uh, being able to 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 do that and that's uh, money. It's it is, and and when you can do that, Lamar going through his progression. I mean, he's a league MVP. I don't know what this hate is on Lamar Jackson, but Lamar is a quarterback too. That I think that's just. I think he's a top tier quarterback right now. You know, I was interested to to hear uh, Bobby Petrino talk about, and and the question came up. You know, do you fit your your play call into your talent? And he said. Absolutely, you do. And he says your quarterback is is the key to all that. And and I'm this isn't a direct quote. This I'm paraphrasing. But he said, you know, you go back to Ryan Mallett and Lamar Jackson. He said they're two different beasts. But you know, they're they're two different quarterbacks. But what they did is at the line of scrimmage, they could change your play. They could make you right. You know, a coach calls a play. But if he goes up there and and the defense is lined up to stop that play, you got to change it. You got to get into a good play from a bad play, and and he said that that's one of the things that Lamar could really do good. And you know, I think we all recognize when a guy makes a play in the open and, and he's you know he beats a guy one on one with his athletic ability. But you got to beat him with your mind too. 
Oh, ab- a- absolutely. You, you got to get him in the, and that's so. I mean that that that's a, a point well done. It's usually the quarterback versus the D coordinator is, is kind of how it goes. And the the thing that I think you're able to see, like when when Joe Joe Flacco shows up to Cleveland or, or Baker Mayfield when when he got to St. Louis and showed up that quick and is able to play that that soon. Even even Dobbs at Minnesota coming from Arizona and and, and getting in there and then being able to play. These headsets, and this is what you might see in the SEC, and this is kind of what you're talking about with um, Seingate, Stillingate in, in, in Michigan. The offensive coordinator is able to be in the quarterback's ear till 15 seconds on the play clock. So it's like a bonus. You're, you're getting somebody to say, all right, this is what we got when you got cover two. You see where he's at. Just somebody in your ear helping you go through the, the progressions, and then they, they cut off at 15. But that's why you get up to the line of scrimmage a little quicker because you can hear it and see set up, and you can get into the play you want. So how much would be you get that snap at 14 or 15? I mean, how much do you see that? No, well, that's not that, that's, that's that doesn't happen. That's not as much as you just want to get a feel and get be able to be out there and see what's going on. You, you see where where it's at. You you know it's third and seven. You you always the thing is in, in what you're talking about, um, Clay. In in even in college, but definitely in the NFL, there's always two plays. Every play has a sister play. Every play has a mirror play. Now it might be a run to a run, and it might be a pass to a pass. But every play that, that's called in that huddle has another play that goes with it. And it is. It's the quarterback's job to get you in, into the right play. You know, cover two where with a two-high safety to a one-high safety, a lot of times it's that simple. You know, you can kind of go, this is, this is where we're basing it. And then sometimes it's, it's a little more where you're, you're looking at the D-line, you're looking at who the mic is, what side of the field is he on, do they have pressure, are they, do they got four on one side, you know, where are they overloaded? Did you, did you ever point as a wide receiver or look look at your quarterback and then look at the spot you want him to throw it to you? You know, it's like this is where I'm going. I want you to throw it right there. Did, we had was a, there some of that? We had a game. We were playing the Houston Texans, and uh, David Girard was our quarterback, and it was a, it was a fourth down play, and uh, we were about midfield, and it's about six six yards or, or, or so, and. Uh, I had a slant. It was double slant on our side, but I had my D back is so inside leveraged on me. You got to really take him up the field and cut across if you're going to do that. But he's so inside leveraged on me that he's just giving me a free release go if I keep him on my body. So I, I had a thing with David where I touched my face mask right there. You know, when I have that to be, and he just all he did was nod at me. You know, like he just kind of gives you a little nod got it. and yeah. throws it and throws a, a perfect. And it, we ended up getting a first down. And now that's one thing though, Clay. If if you don't do well. When you do it like that, coaches get on you, you know. But if you have success, they're like, "Good job, good job." Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, that's it. Uh, I can. I remember uh, Anthony Lucas and Clint Sterner running a go uh, against Texas, and nobody on the field. I'm talking about his offensive line. It was a running play, but as soon as the snap, he threw it up. So I mean, there wasn't any lineman downfield. That's right. That's but right. He didn't even make a check. They just made eye contact. And the defensive back was in the wrong position. There was no way he was going to stop it. And it was like 60 yards. Man, you know, and and Byron Byron left, which was so talented. David Girard was super talented too, but Byron was even – he he's he. There would be a thing. He said, "Man, if you get up, if you get on his toes and you just lift your hand up, I'll throw it to you." And he could. He, I was like, "Even if you got to come back," he goes, "Even if you got to come back." He's like, "Just commit to it and just do it." And uh, he was fun. He was fun to play for. All right, well, let's uh I guess we'll, we'll go to the phone lines here in in this segment. We got a couple callers on the phone. Let's go uh with Charlie. Charlie, what's up, dude? First, Tuna. 
You there, Charlie? What's up, guys? Man, I I I, I owe you. First of all, I owe you an apology. You you called in a couple weeks ago, a month ago or so, when the James Harden trade got, and I kind of said no, it wasn't no good, and kind of kind of laughed a little bit. But you were right. You were right. Clippers they got off to that hey. slow start. They're nine and one in their last ten, and Kawhi Leonard's still that alpha on that team. And if James Harden a buy in a little bit, you, you you're right. That team they got enough talent. They got the talent, but I will say, you know, with the regular season in the NBA and where I was with you, uh, where I agree with you, is even back then, it's, it's kind of hard. You know, once you put a team together in the regular season, they got to get games together. And I, I knew talent-wise they, they would be okay, but what's going to happen when they get into a series? You know, and you get down in crunch time and it's like, okay, <laughs> You know, that's where I think they possibly could have some issues, Matt. And so that's where I was leaning, you know, when you were telling me, you know, okay, who's going to be the guy in crunch time when, when they get in the playoff series? Because you know that's, that's, that's when real NBA basketball starts. Who's going to be that guy? I, I, I would go to Kawhi. That's just me. But I guess you got to feed the hot hand, too. Uh, guys, I was going to ask you, Matt, you were talking about uh, the, the from the receiver standpoint, but, you know, you have – I guess the ble- uh, the blessing or the luxury of you've done it from both sides. And you talked about when you were, were going to run that slant, the guy was so far on you inside, you just decided to run the goal. Let me ask you this, too. Like, based on, like, when the quarterback's going to throw the back shoulder versus, okay, he's throwing it over the top, that's also based on where the defender is, correct? And that's – you when y'all work that in practice – I mean, that's a that's a lot of reps, right? Am I, am I correct by that? You you are Maybe correct, that and, and and that play right there, Charlie. That that was film as well. So you you have film work, and you're going over what to expect on third down, what to expect. So we kind of knew we had talked about it that week in film. So that's why we had that signal going on. So it's there. You the film work can't be understated. Oh no, not at all. But and that's why. But you know, even before like, so now you see these guys in the slot that are designated these option routes and uh, to whether or not, you know, you just sit right there in the zone, if they're in zone or if they match you, but you're, you're running your route based off their leverage. So you really see that. And the guys that are really good at that, you know, like Cooper Cup and those guys, it's just, it's fun to watch. I wanted to say one more thing before I got out those guys and Clay, I want you to chime in on this. Cause I know you, you've been around for a while and you understand. Eric, uh, said something, that really scared me about this team, even to, I think it was today or yesterday. You know, and he's been saying it all year. This team practices well. And so, for whatever reason, they've had some issues taking it to the game. I guess for me in the past, he's went after these guys when they hadn't practiced well. So, I guess for me, I guess that's kind of what scares me about whether or not they can get this thing turned around because it's not like they're not practicing hard or practicing well. So I just wonder what you guys thought about that. Anyways, y'all have a good one. Yeah, you think that if if, um, if they're practicing well, sooner or later it's going to show up click. in the game. Yeah, and it's and games are different. Crowds out there, you get a little bit, you know, more adrenaline, and uh, you know, uh, but they got a lot of alphas on this team, in my opinion. There's a lot of guys that think they can do it, and. So sometimes, how much clay does that early that early trigger that early hook that that happen? Because I know for me as a player, 
when if, if coach you get out there and then the first time you do anything that's not accepted like you know it, it, especially if it's an effort mistake you get two minutes and then you're like pinion like you you see it that um l ellis uh you, you know i don't know what goes into the to the mind but you even even some of the bigs coach would do that too where they get a couple minutes and and then all of a sudden they get the hook yeah, at some point he's going to have to to settle on a group and let them play because that that can't keep going. It's uh, uh, it is uh, you know it messes with your mind and and uh, I think that's probably stating the obvious. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean you, you kind of you got to got to whittle it down, and I wonder that because you and you brought this up to say that that there's alphas out there. And so, in your some of the some of the mindset is well, if I'm not scoring, like Devo can do. Other, I think all these guys can do other things, but they they feel like their best chance to stay on the floor is if they're if they're going to score twenty. Like that's that's all they that's what the, that's what their mind is. Where well, it kind of has to change. Where it's like we got to play for each other and not be so individualistic on offense. Yeah, and I will never forget this and talk to to Marvin Delph, who you know was one of the triplets. Um. And he thought that his his job was to score, and it's like I, I'm going to outscore my man, and he always did, but but he never played against the best team on the other team. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. That was Sydney or or, or Brewer or Counts. Uh, so you you got to stop your man, and it can't be just I'm going to outscore my man. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. A little early Christmas present for, uh, was it Illinois Christian? Is that who they, they played It today? was Illinois. Nice, nice. Well, sticking with that, we're going to get into a little NBA here. But first, let's go down. Let's go down this list as another position that uh, that just signed uh, a guy. He's a transfer. He's a linebacker. Two years remaining. Uh, Xavier Sori. If uh, if I'm saying his name right, I'll learn to pronounce it once he starts making some plays. Uh, but he's a he's a he's a Georgia Bulldog. So he's got a little talent in him. Played some, yeah. And, but that's a position of need. Started two games. Played a lot. In special teams. Yeah. He he's uh, he's a stud. Six three two twenty runs like a deer. So they they'll they'll find him a place on the field. I watched a little bit NBA yesterday, uh, just just a little bit, but I did want to see uh, John Morant's return. It's kind of see what he was doing, what what his what he is. He's a talent. I think he's 
he's figuring it out, Clay. He's just a young kid, and we've all been young kids before figuring it out, and we all progress it at different rates. And uh, he, he's a supreme talent that uh, you know probably hasn't heard the word no a lot, and and he's kind of figuring it out now. And uh, so he had a twenty five game suspension. If if everybody, we all we all know what John Morant's been doing as sports fans. And uh, so it's been eight is months he a, since he's played he a, basketball. Is he a top ten? Is he a top ten? Clay, the, the thing is, with a top ten, you have to be phenomenal. Like Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's a top yeah. ten. John yeah. Mar- Morant, to me, to be a top ten, he's too – he's ah, man, he's so little bitty. Uh, and he doesn't shoot it as well enough for me yet. But he's he's kind of got he's just got a highlight reel kind of guy. Though. That's what I was gonna say. He's he's a highlight of like uh, Steve Francis. If you, if everybody meets yeah. Steve Francis from from Maryland, he's got a little bit of that in him. He's got a little bit of AI in him, which you know AI to me is the best under six foot player ever in the in the NBA. The he's got that quickest first step. Yeah, he's. I think he's. I'll, I'll say this, Clay. He's he's a top twenty fiver and he's borderline. He's 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 right on the cusp. He he, he, he could be better than that. Too. He could be here in three years. He he should be a top ten player. So so is he kind of a Latrell Sprewell type? He's got a little Latrell, but just I mean, uber like the athletic. The bad. Yeah, yeah, he 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 can outshoot you out of a game. He he can, but he's he's learning. And the the other thing is he you know he comes with his his crew. You know you're not just getting jaw. You're you're getting all the other eighteen people that are going to be with him. You know, you you'd like to say, well, we'll just assign somebody to him. You know, that's going to you know keep him out of trouble. Well, you can't do that. They're grown men. I mean, except he's not a grown man. He's more of a. He's got a lot of kid in him still. But man, to people will pay to come watch him play. So that's uh, that's that's the good thing about the NBA. You got a guy that you know will sell some tickets. So uh, my, my boy that I that I like, uh, Damian Lillard, big big time fan, uh, and Bobby Portis is up there on that team. Bobby with a big game uh, last night. Clay, Bobby had twenty six minutes. He hit was three of six. The, man, Clay, the thing I love about Bobby's game, and, and I, I saw this translate in 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 college from Arkansas to the pros, is he is kind of the same player, and he his statistics and just to the the converse of what we just talked about with. Um, with John Morant that, or I guess it'd be the adverse, right? That he's Bobby, Bobby Portis's efficiency rating is so much higher than a player like John Morant, but he had 23 points and 10 boards last night on 10 of 16 shooting. Cause that's like back to back games where he's just gone off. Right. Didn't he have a 30 point game? Oh, last week, man, you know, who, who are you going to guard when, when you have Damon, Damon well, Lillard and, and, and Giannis on there and Bobby gets to play that second unit and, and come out there and go against their B players. Bob, that's that's the other thing about matchups is you, you it's kind of like hockey a little bit, Clay, where the, the, they keep this front. They keep you keep your lines and your shifts, but you're trying to get your matchups where. All right, we we, we know kind of when their timeouts are going to be, and so you put Portis out there and when you put him on that second line, man, he's just as tough as anybody to stop. So he sets a screen, the high high screen, and you know two guys go with the ball handler, and he's sitting out there for the three, and he can bury it. I mean, he's got he they can do thing. that in 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 high but school. He, yeah. he will put a, he will put his body on you and screen you, so that you got to make a switch, and then all at once he rolls, and it's it's uh you know he can make the fifteen footer, he can make the twenty five footer. Yeah, the 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 Bucks are they're they're, they're on fire lately. I, they uh, one thirty two, one nineteen. Damian Lillard uh, with forty piece, and uh, Giannis 
with a with a triple double. They can outscore you. They they can just put up a bunch of points. I mean, it just uh, and I know they'll they'll they're one of the teams that when you show up, you better be able to put one hundred and twenty up. Oh man, it's it's gonna it's only gonna get more fast and furious. This NBA. I'm uh well once once Christmas gets here, this is and and we are we're Christmas, but this is the time when uh, they're they're kind of the rust is off. You know they've played twenty games. Uh, it's kind of like watching soccer. You know when when the Premier League starts those first two weeks and they go on a little international or they have a, their first break, they come back and that's that's where you see it pick up. So this is when these NBA guys are really are really feeling it. Yeah, it's. Uh... I guess I, I don't watch a lot of NBA until after Christmas, but then I start. And, um, and you, you know, you, they've kind of settled out, you know, who they're going to go with and what they're, what they're doing. And, um, yeah, it's, um, you're, you probably watch a few more NBA games than me. Maybe, maybe just a couple, but, but it's, uh, I'm like you. I, I do not, I do not really start watching the NBA to around Christmas. Hey, uh, Christian, you want to get this phone call in or we want to get Eddie in at the top? Do you want to go to a break we, and we then come time. back with Eddie? We got time. Eddie, let's, let's, let's go to him. Hey, Eddie. Hey, thanks for calling, man. How's it going, Eddie? Man, I'm doing great, man. Starting is the season. I'd like to take the opportunity to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas. Same it certainly you, is Eddie. a blessed time. And so, you know, my, my phone call's a little milder today, you know what I mean? So, you know, I've been a Hall fan all my life, and I'll be a Hall fan when I die. But I'll say this. You know, I listened to Dr. Phil say something the other day. You know, he said, you can do the wrong thing for 10, 15, 20 years, and it will not change. It does not even equal doing the right thing. On, the, on one day you do the right thing, everything right. And apparently... And what I'm referring to, gentlemen, we're doing some wrong things wrong in our football program. One, we got to keep players invested in state in our program. That would never change. It's been that way for decades. We got to do a better job of getting our kids wanting to be Razorbacks. You know, they grow up in this state. We got to keep them invested in our program. Amen. And so, and so it starts there. So you asked, you said something a while ago, uh, Matt. You know, Coach Pittman, what I want for him the most, I want him to have to build a fence around this state better. You know, I don't know what it's going to take. We got you talk about doing some things wrong. How can we be one of the poorest uh, schools in the SEC when it comes to NIL money? That's got to change. I don't know how, where we get the money, but we got to best in our football program if we want to compete. And so that's just the landscape of college football where it's going today. I don't agree with it, but that's the way we're going. It doesn't matter if I agree with it or not. You know what I mean? It's just the way it is. We got to get the money there. We got to keep our kids, build a fence around our state, and get our kids. I mean, we want people to come to our program and play passionately. And that's the most teams that you look at success over the decades in our program. It's been from kids, mainly that come from our in-state. You know, they want to, they want to play, they want to provide you. You were one up, Matt. I mean, I can remember vividly. When you're on the field, and I've said this many times, what the players provide when they're playing great on the field in state, I call off the light. That's where it comes, off the light comes from. You know, it's just kids that are played passionately for state. And so if we do those two things, and we get a couple offensive linemen, I can't see why we can't have a decent season next year. You know, definitely you got nowhere to go on blocking schemes. I mean, you got to block. And I don't know what it's going to take to get them there. 
Well, maybe, maybe this new coach will do that. I don't know nothing about the, the man's coming in. Maybe you do. Maybe get them blocking better. You know, because we definitely got to block better. And so we do those things. Maybe we'll have a decent season and then go from there. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Ring in the new year in style at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas. They have something for everyone. The Grand New Year's Eve Buffet is served in the Venetian Dining Room. The Festival Party with live music by the Parker Francis Band, cash bars, and a champagne toast. And the 99th New Year's Eve Gala features live music from Stardust Big Band, a five-course gourmet dinner with wine, and more. Room packages are available. Go to arlingtonhotel.com forward slash NYE2023 or call 501-623-777. Continue going down this list, fellas, and another another one at need. And this is just me looking at it on paper, Clay, but I really, really like this, this move. We get Addison Nichols, an offensive lineman transfer from Tennessee. Uh, I, I think that's going to be big time for us. Uh, he's, a, he's a kid that could have went to USC, uh, Florida's. Florida State was was after him, so he could have went anywhere he wanted, and uh, we were able to get him. Big old boy plays offensive guard. It looks like, and uh, I think he can, uh, you know, stand in there and and, and handle an offensive. Uh, I think he's a starter. Tackle. I think yeah. I think he he's a guy that that's going to come in and we're. I'm pen, that's what I'm saying by me just looking at paper. I'm penciling. I, it's his. I, he's going to get first shot at it uh, to see if he can't have that starting position. Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, he. He was uh, one of their premium targets in the portal, and um, you know it's it's like you say, position of need. And when I look at recruiting, that's the most important thing. You know, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Did you fill mm-hmm. it? And I, I see all these, you know, the rating systems, and it just goes by total stars. And you got to fill your needs. And so far, it looks like that's what they're doing. And, I, and they're not done. The portal is. The portal's still open. There's still guys out there. There's still guys that are making decisions. There's some people that aren't going to make visits until after Christmas. And that's a that's that's a good point, Clay. So in the in the NFL draft, that's kind of the conundrum. It's uh, best available to biggest need. Where in in the 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 warp zone, you can kind of you you can get both. You know, if there's a best available that you can get, and he's just a supreme talent, obviously you want to get him. But to to your point, our biggest need obviously is the offensive line. Yeah, the free agent guys, you can plug and play. That's in the NFL. You know, not so sure about the draft. Not so sure about high school players. Generally, the portal guys are going to be hits. Um, you you have you've got a lot of tape. You've got ability to judge. Um, you also get the visits. You'll be able to sit in front of them and tell them, you know, see what they're what they're like and you know what you know what they're uh, how they shake out on the hoof, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right about. Uh, about the, the, both the Tennessee guys, in my opinion, are, are hits. You got a defensive back coming from there too. You got, um, in you got a kicker. So far, the portal looks like uh, they they know what they're doing. 
Well, you you bring that up, and yeah, that's we'll, we'll just I'll just keep going down down the list because you you bring it up, uh, Matthew Shipley. He he's a kid uh, from Hawaii. It's one games, and um, he it looks like he uh, he also punts, and and a lot of times you got to be able to do both at that position. Uh, and you know, people kind of laugh or roll your eyes uh, of a, about the kicker, but and and they call them not football players, and I get some of that. But man, when you got a good one, it can really be a benefit to you. And he's got some big shoes to fill. Well, if if you're gonna <clears throat> you're gonna win games, you gotta you gotta be able to make field goals. And uh, there's a reason why they call it football, and that's part of it. It's 33 percent of the game, special teams, uh, and he may not be the punter. But he really helps you when you're making out your travel squad. And if you've got a, a place kicker that can also punter, you don't have to take a backup punter. You've got one in, in your kicker. So that's uh, that's a plus. Absolutely. And then the, the, the other kids you brought up with one-year eligibility remaining that, that I'm penciling in as a starter, we just lost two D-backs to the draft uh, or they they have declared for the NFL draft. So you 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 talk about Clay. You you know you can't have enough defensive linemen. Got to be strong up front. Can't have enough guys that can cover and can tackle. If, if you're a D back and, and you can play, I think it's one of the hardest positions in football to be a D back because you got to cover the the lightning quick receivers and then you got to come in and tackle an SEC back. And this kid, uh, Danico Slaughter, he looks the part, man. He he looks like he's a stud. They really wanted him, and uh, that's that's again that's a position of need. Um, you know, they they got a defensive back from, from that's the Tennessee kid, right? Slaughter. Yes, and, yes, sir. And, yep. I, and you know they they got some high school kids. You know that, that are defensive backs, and you know that gives them the luxury to break them in slowly. If you, if you got a guy from the portal that's already played. Hey Christian, you wanna you wanna go to the phones? You wanna yeah? Let's uh, let's then we'll get into the to the bowl game yesterday in the bowl the bowl score when we got a we got a game tomorrow. We got John and Rogers. Uh, thanks for calling the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Hi Matt, this is John. Used to be the truck driver, equipment driver with you guys. Yes, sir. And everybody. And um, what about a Tony Bua? We could use another one of him, couldn't we? You know, yeah, that's a good point. We talked about and, and, that. And Merry yeah. Christmas to you as well. And you know, Tony Bua was a, a running back, uh, you know, at a, at a kind of a smaller school in Louisiana and then had to kind of switch over to, to be a, a defensive player. And I think that's a good move. Coach Nutt was really good about getting athletes, ball players. Uh, a guy like Brandon Holmes, if you remember Brandon Holmes, he started at middle linebacker, started at defensive end, and also had over 30 carries in an LSU game. You know, like just an absolute stud. And you got to get some people like a Tony Bua. Tony Bua rushed for two thousand yards uh, as a junior. Then he, you know, moved to to I believe it was that's John what Curtis. it is. He moved, yeah, he moved schools, yeah, moved to John. Cur- I think he was at Liberty, Texas, and then moved to John Curtis uh, in in the New Orleans area. And that's a factory. And they're like, hey, we got four running backs that are bigger and faster than you. Well, well, put me at. Put me in I want to play, Coach. Yeah, and it started making tackles, and uh, they found him, and boy, you couldn't keep him off the field. <laughs> just uh, what was that? Twenty-one tackles against Tennessee. I mean, yeah, just, I mean, he's four hundred yeah. tackles. I mean, it's in 
you know, I, I keep calling and doing where are they now features on Tony because he's one of my favorite guys. But you're, you're right. Got to find some Tony Buas and unheralded. That nobody was talking about him when when uh, when they signed him. And it was like, I mean, I, the coaches were. But it, it was he wasn't the headliner of that class. I mean, it was a bunch of NFL guys that, that came with him. But he played in the league. Uh, he played in the NFL. By the way, he's he's killing it in business. You know, he's got a roofing business in in. Uh, I believe he lives in the McKinney area. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's got crews all over North Dallas, and he he's done really well. And it's the same thing in business. He's a worker. John, you still there? I'm sorry, John. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? No, That's you're, you're right. good. Play, you? yeah, yeah, John. I was seeing what, what else you had, what? yeah. Yeah, one quick question I've got, and I understand the portal and everything like that, but just like I've got two nephews on the championship Fedville Bulldogs this year, and uh, one of them, they're twins, and one's a defensive end, and uh, the other one's a wide receiver, and they're both like number one and number two and number or number three in the state. And Eddie was talking about building a fence around the state. I'm just wondering, you know, is there still potential that Pittman and them might reach out to them because they're already getting – you know, letters from other schools and keeping some of these kids like this at home because they want to be a Razorback because their dad was. And, I mean, I don't know how all this works, but don't you also want to look and get kids that's not going to transfer every time they get a chance and stay here for four years? I mean, I'm just asking, how's that work to get them? Notice, as a matter of fact, Pittman and them were down there at the uh, War Memorial Stadium at the championship game, you know, and Fedville did thir- they did a perfect year, you know, Never been done before in the history of, of Fedville and things. I'm just curious about that. You know, it's it's just been tougher and tougher, uh, John, for, for high school players are not signing as many because of the portal. And, you know, you got a chance to bring in a guy from Tennessee that's, you know, that's, that's played two years, or do you, you know, you take somebody that you know you're going to have to develop for three years or two years. So it's it's and, and the way it's, they're the way they're spending scholarship. It's like, can you help me right now? And and I, that's the tough part. I'm not sure that I, that I have the answer for you. Thank, thanks, John. Yeah, you want to get the right you want to get the right guys. You, you know, it's about getting the right guys in your locker room. Uh, you you got to have a fence over uh, around this state, but you also you you got to be able to recruit. Uh, you know the bordering states too, and we can't we can't get in this habit of losing four out of our top ten players every year. We 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 kind of got to get that shored up where you're getting the best players. In yeah, our there's state. Matt. There's supposed to be a, a really good crew next year. I mean, it's supposed to be a bigger number. Um, so you know, hopefully your percentage will go up. I think the key to that though is winning. Absolutely, a hundred percent winning I mean, cures. I, I think when you're not winning. It makes it tougher to to hold on to those players in state, and so uh, you know it's which comes first, the chicken or the egg. I, I think right now the winning needs to come. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. 
It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniel's Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Merry Christmas, Brett, man. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, you've worked harder this week, Matt, and I think you've worked in a long time with all of Phil's <laughs> travels and all of his nonsense. You know, I didn't think anybody noticed, but thank you for noticing. <laughs> hey, man. Of course I noticed. You're doing some lifting. <laughs> it's, uh, man, it's a beautiful day here. Uh, absolutely. We got signing day going on. You got the transfer portal. Um, do you keep up with signing day at all? Will you, will you kind of, do you, you kind of keep your eye on it? I feel like I follow it more to see who's flipping or who's changing than I do. And it's just changed like everything else in college football so dramatically in the last four or five years. This used to be a big deal. And we used to spend a lot of time focusing on it. We would do some shows and whatnot. And and now we're so focused on transfer portal, who's playing and what bowl games, who's leaving, who's decommitting. It's really crazy. I guess it's pretty just symbolic of, of what college football is sort of become with the chaos and just trying to keep track of the comings and goings. It takes a lot to, to try and stay up on it. It's so it's yeah, it is. It's, it's just such a hard deal to evaluate because you, you sign these players and then a lot of them. And, and now I think Phil brought this up that like 25% of the players are going to transfer. But, uh, you know, if you're playing SEC football, man, it, you got to go through two college off seasons really before you're ready. And, and nowadays it's just like nobody wants to sit around and wait. And it's just I don't know. It's just wild on the frontier right now. It's different, and maybe I'm an old guy, I don't know, and maybe you get a little old guy in you, too, when we start talking about this. The funny part was, and I compare it to the, the Razorback volleyball team, Matt. They went to the Elite Eight. They played a team that played in the championship game, and they were trying to get to the Final Four, and everybody said, well, you know, how did this change? Because a few years ago, they weren't even in the tournament. This was a group of, of really talented players that came in as freshmen and played and sophomores and played, and they just kept getting better as a group. That doesn't happen anymore in college basketball. It doesn't happen in college football where a group of talented players that maybe can take some lumps as a freshman, get a little bit better as a sophomore, and then start giving out some lumps as juniors and seniors. It just doesn't happen in in these big sports anymore. And I think it was in part why at least there were a few people that jumped on the volleyball bandwagon because they knew who these players were. Mm -hmm. They've Mm -hmm. been watching Joe Gillen for three years. They've been watching Taylor Head. They've watched them grow from girls to women and, and, and almost champions. So, it's just so different than it was maybe, you know, just not that long ago. No, you're right. The evolution, the growth of these players, whenever the one and done started happening, I kind of lost a little interest in college basketball. And, and now my interest has kind of came back. But to your point, that's that's exactly why. Uh, Brent, what, what's the next game you got uh, on, on the list for you? That's the Texas Bowl, and it's something I've done every year. And, and uh, we've got Texas A&M and Oklahoma State on the 27th. So 
I'm looking forward to that. It wouldn't be bowl season if you didn't get to do a game after you, you know you, you work one for 13 straight weeks. So um, it, it's not a major one, and I, I hope to sneak back Matt to Houston for the, the championship game in January. And I don't know if I can pull that off or not, but I am looking forward just to working one more game after a long college uh, football season. Texas A&M, Oklahoma State. Yeah, the Razorbacks, we get uh, – I know they're standalone games now. Uh, we, you know, we play A&M, obviously, but we get uh, we get Oklahoma State next year. So, that uh, Coach Gundy, it is, it'll be interesting to see see how, how they got them going. Brett, how do you consume the, this college bowl slate, or, or, or do you kind of pick and choose some of these games? I know there's a lot of opt-outs. They're standalone games. Your thoughts on the on – the, and I guess maybe that's why we're going to this playoff 12, but it's all kind of a build-up up to to the final four uh what what are some of these games that you're going to consume or that you're really looking forward to watching whether it be like an oregon state notre dame uh an old miss penn state who's absolutely old miss is absolutely crushing it in the in the portal this year you're right it's different because we used to kind of look at a handful of games and it was kind of the last chance to cap your season or make a statement and provide a little momentum propelling the team forward for the spring and next year and it felt like it meant something and it's been a long time since some of these secondary bowl games have meant something, but it's harder than ever. And I'll use my game as an example, Matt. Um, you know, for AM, I've been trying to figure out how in the world even to put together a spotting board. Now, uh-huh. I had them early in the year. I'm looking at the opt outs and I'm, I'm going back against my scouting boards, and, and there's so many that have changed. And then there's a few that left the portal. And we understand if a player's going to be drafted highly, maybe he doesn't want to play in a secondary bowl game. It took me a while to kind of get past that myself. Um, but now we're having guys just, just leave. They're going to be a fourth or fifth round pick. They're not going to play in the game. And then A&M, for example, they don't have their head coach. They don't have their offensive coordinator. We know where he's at. Their defensive coordinator's already taken a job at Syracuse. They're on their third quarterback because the first one got hurt. The second one transferred. The second quarterback also had a tight end who was one of the best players in the conference. He's going with. And then the top kid in the draft class from a couple of years ago is in the portal so he's of course not going to play and then you start to wonder do you have enough bodies it starts to feel like covid to me where teams would get down to 35 40 players and they think oh boy you know we're really thin in linebackers we're really thin in defensive backs if we have one more injury can we even throw a team out there and uh i don't know what the answer is i don't know maybe just moving the signing day all the way back to where it used to be and not allow people to jump into the portal until the season is complete. Maybe coaches don't feel the urgency to leave because they have to start recruiting immediately. Um, but it's kind of taken some of the fun out of it for me. And I'm going to try and find a handful of games that I can really enjoy outside of the playoffs. Uh, I'm going to sneak to, to Orlando to watch Tennessee and Iowa on mm-hmm. January 1st just because I love going to warm weather climates on January 1st. But uh, it's, it's not quite the same, and I, I don't have the magic answer to, to get it back to where I'm going to be in front of the TV every single night between now and you know January 2nd. Brett, this is Clay Henry, and you said the playoffs. We're not going to let you get off of here until you pick uh, a winner. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was afraid you were going to do that. I, I don't know about you, Clay. I look at some of these games, and, and in years past, it was probably pretty easy, it felt like, to pick that 1-4 game. Yeah. And then the 2-3 game was the one that kind of gave you a little bit of fits. And then, of course, this year, the hottest team in the last couple of weeks is the 4-seed. The one team played without their head coach for six games. The 2-3 and three seeds, uh, we didn't even know if the 3-seed was going to get in. They were 7 or 8, kind of hanging out there in Texas for a while, so... 
I thought about it, and, and, and I'll throw it out there just because you've asked me. I don't know if I have a great deal of confidence in it. Uh, I'm still going to take Michigan. Um, I recognize how good Alabama and certainly Jalen Milrow have been playing. Um, there's something about Michigan where they have just had enough to win some of these games, and, and I'm curious to see if they can do it again. And then that 2-3 game, I, I, I've changed my mind a couple of times on this. I mean, Texas looked really good, obviously, in the Big 12 championship game. I had them a couple of weeks into November when they played TCU and didn't look great. Um, I've picked against Washington a couple of times, taken Oregon, thinking they would beat them. <clears throat> they did not. So I'll take Washington and uh, Michigan, and we'll have kind of a Pac-12 Big Ten uh, championship game um, in Houston. Man, I like it. That would be uh, that would be good. I got yeah, I got Alabama, Washington. So we'll, we'll see. But I'm with you, Brad. I think it could go go either way. Uh, I want to I want to switch over to some college basketball, if you don't mind. And and, yeah. and, and the Arkansas Razorbacks. I, I know you you get to call a lot of their games. I enjoy listening to you. You do fine work. Uh, Arkansas. I don't know. I wouldn't know if if you would say they're struggling or if this is just the must process. I, I can't put my finger on it, and I really can't figure out who who is our point guard, who is our leader. Last year it was Anthony Black. Uh, you, you know, Devo's still a leader, but we've always kind of had that guy that was gonna gonna you know who we could rely on. W- what do you see this team? What do they need to get better at as as they go forward? Well, you've kind of hit on the two cruxes of this team in a very short amount of time. You know, do we do we buy into the, the process? And even Muss has been asked that question. You know, are we putting stock into him because he's done it in different years with different cast of characters? And he kind of threw some cold water on that when he said, hey, this team doesn't have any similarities to previous teams. And again, you get back to veteran guys coming from different systems trying to fit into his system, and you've got probably too many players playing. I, I feel like in years past, maybe we haven't known exactly how he's going to narrow his rotation and play, but he did. I think this year he's not exactly sure yet how he wants to narrow this thing down from 10 or 11 to maybe 7 to 8. And and you hate to put too much stock into these next couple of games, but it's what he has to go with. And I'm curious on the point guard situation, too. You know, we spent a lot of time talking before the telecast and on the telecast in Little Rock about how when this team gets assist numbers and they distribute the basketball, they seem to win. And when they don't, like Oklahoma or like North Carolina, they lose. Well, they, they shared the ball a little bit better and had a few more assists the other day, but there were still some issues. They were still, they couldn't figure out the zone. They were waiting for somebody to take a big shot when things were going bad. In years past, we felt like there would be somebody to step up and, and take that shot. So, boy, these next couple of weeks, I think, are really going to be interesting. And, and as far as the point guard, I don't know. I mean, I, I was curious, Matt, with Manyfield, what he would look like. Um, I, I probably would not have predicted. L. Ellis getting one minute of play, maybe going back a month ago. You and me both. Be in there for a minute. Um, I will say this. There's one thing I feel like, no matter who's distributing and who's running the offense, either a battle um, or Ellis, one of those two needs to score because I don't think you can take both of their scoring outputs away of 15, 16 points. I don't think there's somebody else coming behind them that could provide 15, 16 points a game. All right, I got the. This is a this is a, a lob way up, and you can hit it as far as you want to, Brett. <laughs> is there another starting rotation baseball better than what Dave Van Horn's got coming back? And I know you you love baseball and you're really good at it, 
But I, I, is are these these guys, uh, the Texas Tech transfer, and then Tigert, and and Hagen Smith. I mean, who is there anybody that can match that? I don't think so, Clay. That's the fun part, right? When you start talking about Arkansas baseball, and once we flip the calendar over to the first of the year, we're really on a fast track to baseball. It's even there. though we're in the dead of winter, which is which is always crazy. And DBH likes to say we're playing baseball in winter. We are, but. You know, I, I cornered Matt Hobbs the other night at, at our Christmas party for the athletic department, and he just got me fired up a little more as if I wasn't because they really like Molina. And listen, yeah, Megan Smith might yeah. be one of the top three or four pitchers. I mean, and the funny part about Molina, he's going to have to be your Sunday guy because Hagen Smith might be one of the top two or three pitchers in the country on a Friday night, and Brady Tiger probably took the starting better than I thought he would. I thought he had the kind of the attitude to be a closer. I loved him on the back end. But my goodness, he, he adapted. He was throwing more pitches for strikes. He's got a, a little grit to him, too, in that, that Saturday start. And if Brady stays healthy, Clay, I think this will be the best rotation in the country. And the fun part is two of these three guys are homegrown players. It isn't yeah. like they just went out and grabbed the schemes and threw them in there and said, here we are, we're the best rotation. They, they put this together in a good way. And uh, I know Phil can't wait. I can't wait either to see I'm going to Arlington out. to see that tournament. I'm going down there. I, I guess it's I'm gonna the be tournament's to not the right one. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.